I'm sort of on a uh, weird schedule right now. My girlfriend that I live with, she works nights right now. So my dinner is at midnight. So does that mean that the girlfriend that you don't live with provides you with breakfast or something? <laughs> no, I I make breakfast at... So she, she, she leaves here uh, about 3 o'clock. I make breakfast about 1 p.m. is breakfast time. And then I eat lunch on my own about normal people dinner time. And then I make real dinner uh, about midnight. So did you adopt the schedule mainly because that's when all the good Twitter content comes out is between the hours <laughs> of 1 p.m. and midnight? Welcome to the Trash Turtle Fantasy Podcast. I'm Dr. Trash Dad, one of your hosts. We finally got that hamster set up in his wheel over there in the server room. He's running as fast as he can to bring Boots and I to your ear holes today. So thank you for joining us and enjoy. Oh man. Twitter has been such an interesting thing lately. I saw someone say, like, yesterday someone said, LaVisca Chenault's droppable in redraft. And I was just like, I was like, wow, you know, like, I get some people don't like LaVisca Chenault, but, like, I didn't think it was that bad. And I, like, looked at why, and the reasoning as to why was, like, they, they were like, well, they're all low A dot targets. And I'm like, well, does that mean Juju's droppable? Like, what's going on, guys? Oh, and then someone was victory lapping. They're like, haha, DeAndre Swift, he is not good. And he's like, how do you DeAndre Swift people feel now? And and if you don't follow uh, Jacob Sanderson, he had, he had a great reply. He goes, he goes, well, he leads the NFL in running back targets, so I, I, I feel pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like... Twitter is just too much sometimes. Evidently today, if you're not on, it was Clyde Edwards-Alaire day. Everyone's arguing about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It, it's just, you know, I mean. It's that. funny you mentioned that. I had someone I had someone message me today and they're like, should I, should I try, uh, should I trade away Clyde Edwards-Alaire for Tony Pollard? Yeah. And I was like, I was like, what? Like, <laughs> And, and you know me. Like I don't even like Clyde Edwards Alaire. Yeah. I don't, I don't even like it. But I mean that that's ridiculous. I mean, come on. Can, really? can I, Is that even a question? Can I throw that's a, a dynasty trade by you? Yeah, send it. Okay. It's not me. Someone else asked me this and I won't say who it is. Um mm-hmm. to protect them, of course. Um and I don't know who the other party was either. But somebody asked me, they said, Would you rather right now have Clyde Edwards Alaire? Or Devonta Smith. Ooh. And I, I like thought about it for like a, way longer than I thought I would. I did not think it was like going to be a hard decision, but I was kind of sitting there and I'm like, I still think it's Clyde Edwards Alaire. And then I found out the Devonta Smith owner declined. <laughs> they said no. <laughs> Um, I kind of agree with the Devonta Smith owner. I, I, I just didn't think that public reception was that bad. That's where I was. I, well, I didn't know that. So you would think that the Chiefs running back, yeah. the RB1 yeah. in KC, 
would be the Le'Veon Bell of like 2017, 2016, right? You would think yeah. that, you know, after Hunt and all that good stuff and, and Jamal and Charles. Brian Westbrook and blah, blah, blah. All yeah. the running backs under Andy Reid. And his dude coming out of LSU, I mean, come on. Off a monster season, yeah. Well, but, I mean, I, I think it's quite clear at this point, if people haven't figured it out yet, that well, there's a great article by B. Roto, uh, B. Roto Fantasy, that they looked at where targets come from. Like, who influences targets? Is it the running back themselves? Is it the quarterback or is it the coach? Right. And in the article, they found that the coach and the quarterback both equally influence running back targets. Running backs themselves really don't influence that very much at all. Right. But the coach and the quarterback influence it equally. And so if you have a guy like Andy Reid, who likes using running backs, and if you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who seemingly doesn't, Right. I'm just kind of assuming that, right? Just based off yeah. of the usage so far. It's kind of like, well, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, the Andy Reid RB1 just isn't as valuable as it used to be. And it's also like a matter of like, okay, guys, like, do you really want, if you want to put the ball in the playmaker's hand, right? And, and you want the ball to always be in the best player's hand. That's always going to be Mahomes. You know, put the game in Mahomes' hand and put it in the other best players' hands, which are Tyreek and Kelsey. You know? It, it, yeah. It's a matter of that, ultimately. So, And it just works so well. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, I... It's it's a tough time if you're a Clyde Edwards-Alaire owner, clearly. I did not know the market was this bad. I honestly... I want to weigh in and I want to put something solid down, but honestly, I just, it could also just be too soon to tell, um, to see how he's going to flesh. I mean, we're only at week two. We don't know what's in store. You know, offenses change over the course of the season. It wasn't particularly good last year either, to be fair. Right. Um, I'm I'm just, I'm just being a little contrarian to you there. (laughs) Don't mind me. (laughs) I, you know, I, and again, I don't, I never really, I never really thought he was anything special. Um, you know, he was definitely, especially with his draft capital. Um, yeah. I have called him a bust more than one on more than one occasion, one hundred percent. But, yeah. you know, is it time to trade him for Tony Pollard? Probably not. No. no. So, uh, before we want, before we get further into NFL talk, though, I want to, I want to get back to the Discord here for a second. Oh yeah. Man, I got, I got to tell you about this game we got going on. This is very interesting. So, for those listeners that may not know, um, I am currently in the Discord League of Admirals. And because of the sheer amount of creative force that I bring to every league that I join, <laughs> I had to have some sort of metagame so that way we were you know, special. So, what we're doing, <laughs> we're playing Battleships. And so we have we have divided the league into two teams, and basically every single time someone beats the median, which by the way, median scoring is superior to non-median scoring. Always. Uh, every time a team wins median scoring, you get a salvo, and so we have this thing called Salvo Tuesdays now, 
yes. where you can enjoy your taco and your salvos at the same time now. <laughs> where we can we fire at each other and we take turns. Mm-hmm. And you know we have two two spreadsheets that are operating as public facing uh, progress trackers, really. Yeah. And so I'm Team Polywog, and we're facing off against Team Scallywag. And uh, so far, we have uh, we have two salvos over over them. So um, we are projected to win yeah. by week fourteen by this point. Okay. Although it is designed to last until about week sixteen, I I love it. I I think that it, you know if you're just in a normal managed redraft league, it well I, I you know I'm someone that plays best ball. I play a lot of best ball, so I have like no <laughs> emotional connection to like ninety percent of the leagues I'm in. Um, I don't even check them sometimes. Yeah, I just sometimes I'll I'll just go see. Oh, what am I in? Oh, I'm in this place. Okay, who cares? Like I won't even look at the roster sometimes because just it doesn't matter. I can't you know I can't change anything now. But like even sometimes managed redraft leagues feel like that where there's just no connection or you know nobody's talking. There's no participation. You know. By week 15, there's three people playing the waivers. But I like this idea because it really keeps people connected. It, and it does it in, in a very unique way. And it really, I, I love it. I, I, th- I think it's so creative. I, I think it's very interesting. In, in, in a similar vein, since we're talking about our leagues, um, I, I'll say that another league that does this very well and I know that this is a sore subject for you, um, is the guillotine league that many of us joined. Um, it, it, leagues that keep people playing it weekly and really making tough decisions every week, those are the fun, interesting ones, right? Anytime, what, like I said, when a week you know 14 comes by and no one's playing the waivers, no one's talking, that's so boring, but, you know, guillotine leagues keep people interested. And I think that this is another idea to keep people constantly coming back. And don't forget, we have the cup coming down the line. Yes. Uh, which I'm super excited about, too. It's a really great way to find that, you know, another person to uh, move up. Yeah. Uh, I don't I, I didn't plan to talk about the cup, but I don't know how many people have actually you know, read the cup yet it, it had some it had some people read through it but yeah it, it's like through the discord leagues it's almost like a march madness style tournament you know with yeah. seating and everything that's super cool yeah and, and you you get to the you know it's going to be a march madness style tournament and across you know what's five leagues now and it's just based off of points scored. You don't have to do anything else. I, I just think it's awesome. It, it's perfect because it just doesn't require anything more from anybody, but it's still super interesting. Once again, thanks, Chris. Yeah, Chris does great work, obviously. <laughs> I think everyone knows that by now. <laughs> uh, let, let, let's talk just uh, let, let, let's talk a little bit about actual you know, some NFL stuff here. Yeah. You know, yeah. if we, if we, if we let ourselves talk about leagues, we're going to, you know, be doing that I forever. Know. Um, I, I wanted to really kind of, uh, sort of talk about what we've seen so far in, you know, just a, a small two week sample, but it's an interesting two week sample because 
there's a lot of very interesting players to watch, and I think there's a lot of very interesting topics. Um, so I let, let, let's start with some with some rookie wide receivers here. Um, in particular, there's a few that stand out to me as very good, which I did not expect, and some that I expected to be very bad, and they are bad. <laughs> so Devonta Smith, he walked on that field. And he's already demanded a 26% target share through two games. That's great. Uh, that's, uh, wow. Yeah. I, I didn't expect it. I definitely didn't expect it. Uh, Jalen Waddle, 20% target share through two games. Yeah. You know that I was a big Jalen Waddle fader, so that's pretty, mm-hmm. that's a huge deal. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Rondell Moore. Now, this is an interesting one. Obviously, Jamar Chase is at 20% too, but Rondell Moore is interesting to me because Rondell Moore, he's not running that many routes. He's actually not on the field that much, but when he's on the field, he's demanding a target share. And that's a big deal. That's a very big deal because Mm -hmm. that's him getting on the field, you know, using his opportunity. Like, they're like, oh, you're only going to run 13 routes this game. Oh, but in those 13 routes, you demanded targets. That's yep. such a big deal. What's his role in that offense there? I you know, I don't know. I still think that they're figuring it out. But right now, he's ran 13 routes, and he's gotten a target on every route he's ran. That's, wow. That's perfect. That is, that is using your opportunity better than, than you could even imagine. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, People that have slightly disappointed Elijah Moore a little bit to me. I'm, I'm kind of concerned. Well, um, I think that has a lot to do with the the yeah, QB player. The the Jets are, are sort of all over, and I, I'm really concerned. We'll, we'll talk about quarterbacks here in a little bit. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, less than a 10% target share. I was told all freaking offseason, oh, who else are they going to throw to? Who else are they going to throw to? Clearly, it doesn't matter if you're not that good. I'm sorry. I'm uh, like, <laughs> it just, it, it, vacated targets aren't real. They're, he 10% target share is not good enough. It, it's not. Did, did, did you, I mean, given the game last night, Jared Goff will throw it to anybody. He doesn't yeah. Care. Yeah. Quentin Cephas, I if think he's good. leading if in targets. Open. I think he's leading in targets, right? I think uh, in Detroit he is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is doing the exact role we expected. He He's the slot guy there. He's 70% of his uh, snaps are in the slot. Uh, other notable rookies in the slot are Terrace Marshall, 81% in the slot, and Rondell mm-hmm. Moore, 73% in the slot of his limited usage, of course. Uh, Jamar Chase, not hardly in the slot at all. He, he's basically almost exclusively an outside guy. Um, let, let's talk about some vets. Obviously, yeah. there's there's big surprises. I didn't expect to see. I didn't expect to see Cooper Cup's name at the top of this list. No, not. I mean, not at all. It, it, it's quite impressive, honestly. I mean, he and and Stafford clearly. I, I don't know. Have you heard the the breakfast table narrative? Have you heard this? No, what's this? They they evidently eat breakfast uh, like every day at practice together. Really? Yes, they like sit together and eat breakfast together. They're like oh, they're so like cute. breakfast buddies, evidently. It's and... like Co- Cooper Cup could almost be the son of Matt Stafford at this point, too. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the the narrative is interesting. I mean, I think that. I I, I mean, he's not going to keep up a forty percent target share and everything like that, but. I mean, he's definitely seemingly overtaken uh, Woods here by a large margin. 
Yeah, I can't seem to pick the right Ram wide receiver <laughs> year to year. Yeah. So I well, just have an equal share of both, and then the leagues that I don't have cup in, I'm not doing that good. <laughs> <laughs> well, some some other interesting ones, obviously Debo, Lockett and DK, they're, you know, very concentrated target share between those two. Deontay yeah. at 30%, Tyreek, you know, 29%. Some interesting ones for me that stand out that I didn't expect, right? Because, I, you know, we can talk about the, the C.D. Lambs and Stefan Diggs of the world that are demanding targets. We yeah. know that. That's no yep. surprise. Right. Let's talk about someone a little more interesting in Marquise Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so if we're, are we talking market? We're talking target share here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean. I didn't expect it. Uh I'm actually I, I kind of did expect it and I'm and I'm not that surprised by it. What I am surprised is I'm surprised he's catching them. <laughs> That's what I'm surprised. Well, ca- catch rate's not very sticky. Well, we know that. Um, but they are high A dot, so they are harder to catch. To be fair. Oh, uh, that that's fair. Uh, but it's they seem to be connecting so much more this year. Yeah. Which it seems like they just could not connect at all. Last year, whatever they did during camp or offseason, they figured it out. So that's really good to see, though. That's really nice to see the Baltimore is able to open up the offense a little bit, stretch the field a little bit, maybe and get that run game, you know, a little bit less one-dimensional. So really good to see there. Uh, so I'm, I'm just surprised it's working. I'm not surprised that those are the targets, though. I I expected that when Rashad Bateman came in that he would demand a lot of targets and we'll see what ends up happening here with Marquise Brown when Rashad Bateman comes back because I think that's going to be interesting I think we could get a situation where we have you know two guys with a very high and concentrated target share in that offense right yeah that's what I'm imagining is going to happen um rather than I'm not going to say that Rashad Bateman's going to you know steal Marquise Brown targets more so that they'll just be a highly concentrated offense between those two because it's like who else are you throwing to like Devin DuVernay or something like that it's like no you have two really good guys here in Marquise Brown evidently Marquise Brown and uh and Rashad Bateman he'll, um, he'll probably end up edging out Sammy Watkins that is what I imagine yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking as well. Sa- Sammy does have a role because he's actually a great run blocker, and that offense, obviously, running is incredibly yeah. important. So we'll, we'll end up following that and seeing how that sort of progresses. Yeah. Brandon uh, Cooks, though. Brandon Cooks. Well, yeah, considering what we were coming into the freaking uh, the season with quarterback-wise <laughs> at Houston, uh, yeah, Ty, Ty, Ty God is not a bad quarterback, just um, well, know. and he's not there now. And I have to say, if you remove the rushing from Tyrod, Davis Mills might even be better for Brandon Cooks. Yeah, good. that's a good point. Um, but the thing is, is that Davis Mills doesn't have the experience. So we'll we'll see if he yeah. ends up holding it on too long to it. And I, look, I have... I took a flyer on 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 him and in a couple of dynasty leagues, and yeah. he's sitting on my taxi. I hope, I hope you know he does well considering you know as long as Ty Tyrod can't play. I always hope to see people do well. So, yeah. um, you know who else has been surprising? Mike Williams. Yeah, he's uh, he's not hurt. Holy. <laughs> Wow. Well, they're using them so differently. I think this is a career low A dot. They're really 
I don't want to say manufacturing ways to get him the ball, but it feels that way. I don't know if you saw, they did like a goal line, like, um, screen pass to him or something. I saw that he was getting lower ADOT targets, uh, or I'm sorry, you know, lower depth of target targets. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's weird. Shorter passes, shorter passes. Sorry. Yeah. Um, way different. Is this, what? Like, because yeah. they don't really have a, a slot guy. I guess they kind of do in Jared Cook, but they're not. Isn't he, like, not catching? Doesn't he have, like, a high drop rate or something? I don't know what's going on with Jared Cook. I haven't been following that situation very much. I was pretty high on him going into the season, but I yeah. I, I saw him just strictly as a red zone guy for the most part. Um, but, yeah, as Mike Williams is getting a little bit more dynamic work, which is kind of cool to see actually yeah. I and mean, he was a former seventh overall pick wasn't he yeah no he was a he was a definitely a high uh pick he was a first round pick for sure yeah i mean right now he, he's demanding more than keenan allen and that shouldn't happen in my mind <laughs> and above him though is this dude named braxton barrios which i don't even know who that is oh yeah don't don't mention every chandler will come uh out of nowhere that's a signal once he mentioned braxton barrios he he gets a little signal on his phone and he just starts running (laughs) (laughs) um one more that i really want to talk about that's completely caught me off guard in just about every single way is Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney. They are tied in target share and I was a huge Darnell Mooney fader and I have no idea what's going on. I don't know if it's the QB situation. I, I'm just so confused. Like this is a very interesting situation fall. I mean, there's just no game. Like I thought Allen Robinson was the biggest smash play in the world against Cincinnati. And somehow he got four targets. Like there, there's something weird happening and I don't know what it is, but it's, I, as a, as a big Allen Robinson guy, I'm slightly wondering what's going on. Yeah, why why would you not use a big bodied receiver for everything you possibly can mm-hmm. in a situation where you're really you're you are somewhat one dimensional with a, as a running back? I mean, do, isn't David Montgomery doing the majority of the work there right now? He, um, he's definitely gotten a lot of touches. That's for sure. So I mean, ah. I don't know what's I, going on. Listen, I'm a, I like Mooney. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. I just, I, I hate, I just don't like, I don't like Andy Dalton being the quarterback in Chicago when you have Justin Fields. <laughs> that's, that's my main problem with it right now. And so bring, but going to that, I think it, I think it bears actually breaking down the, the target share based on quarterback. So that way you can kind of suss out exactly what you're dealing with right there. Like, is this a symptom of Andy Dalton or is this a result of Justin Fields, or, or are these coach decisions? Well, when, when we of- when we examined uh, route charts for Allen Robinson last year and compared it to the first game of this year, seemingly Allen Robinson is being utilized a little bit differently in the passing game. Now, keep in mind, week one they played against the Rams, who's a team that completely dominates beyond 10 10 yards past the line of scrimmage, right? The Rams just don't allow passes 10 yards past the line of scrimmage. It just doesn't happen. They were like first in the NFL in not allowing those sort of passes. So hopefully that's just like a one-week thing, but then this next week comes and it was, you know, we see four targets and it's like, 
like, okay, we really should start, you know, paying attention to this Allen Robinson situation because something seemingly is occurring where seemingly his usage has changed a lot this year compared to previous years. And that is probably a pretty bad thing. So uh, on that same note, right now, Chicago is sitting at number 30 mm-hmm. in terms of air yards total yeah for the last two for the last two weeks right so is it symptomatic of of a of a different use seems like it but is it also symptomatic of the fact that they're just not putting the ball that far in the air that i mean i'm going to guess that probably affects it a bit too they might just be running a completely different offense here again i think you're seeing it in the fact that david montgomery is just getting a Good way too a lot of work and not many passes happening. Yeah. So, I mean, you you're seeing you're seeing an opposite argument in people who drafted quarterbacks like uh, J. Rob, for example, right? Like Trevor Lawrence and the Jags, they are the number two in air yards mm-hmm. right now, and people are like, "Is J. Rob a bust this year? Like, should we get rid of him?" <laughs> and like, no, he's still great. They're just not using him that much. You're having the opposite problem and people complaining about the opposite thing so to me that just speaks to the fact that it seems as though the offenses are just not what they're what they were doing the year prior and since we're a real podcast with real podcast things we'll be right back after this word from our sponsor fantasy team stuck in jail and can't pass go are you tired of being a spaniard in ice main or a brando Busty Bud here with another fantastic product, the Trade Machine. The Trade Machine is systematically designed to wear down your league mates with enough offers to make them punch a woman in an Atlantic City hotel elevator. Our patented AI, known as Dotson, uses irrelevant chatter to emasculate your opponent, degradingly challenging their manhood with comments such as, Some Patriots fan you are, as well as, You get three starters for one! And who could forget the classic... I will Venmo you $50 right now if you just accept the trade. Who cares? It's a free league. The trade machine is guaranteed to single-handedly drain your data plan along with siphoning away your productivity at work and love from your family. Call now to get our bonus free guide to getting cheated badly out of a trade known as Rule 19.1. Side effects might include loss of respect, mild annexation, constant eye rolls, crippling disappointment, and acquiring Damian Williams for Aaron Jones. The trade machine is not sold in Tennessee, Kentucky, Fat Shack, or Camden, New Jersey. Uh, interesting that you mentioned J-Rob. Let's move over to running backs here. Um, some interesting ones, obviously. We're you know, both big Swift guys. Swift now leads the NFL in running back targets at 16. He's out here demanding a 17% target share. Awesome. He's leading the NFL in routes run for running backs. Boy, it- if you could just see the size of the smile on my face, man. It's <laughs> just I've, I've been saying it since day one. And it's I'll awesome. Keep, keep bringing it back, but um, outstanding. Yeah, I, I'm pretty excited about what we've seen so far. Surprisingly, another person that 
I don't know if surprising is the right word, but the it sort of happened sooner than we expected. But James White is currently uh, third in running back target share in the NFL. That's interesting, uh, but less so when you really think about we were really thinking he wouldn't get running back targets when Cam was the quarterback and when Mac became the quarterback. It was like, okay, now this is totally different. And, and James White has been, uh, I mean, I, I actually sent a funny joke to somebody about James White. Because in the guillotine league we're in, I have these amazing players, right? I have Tyree Kill, Keenan Allen, Kyle Pitts, Devonta Smith, Brandon Ayuk, right? On a lesser extent on him. And James White. James White was the only one that scored a touchdown last week. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, James White, all reliable. Uh, but uh, I'm pretty happy and encouraged by his usage for sure. Don't let Jeremy uh, listen to the show now because he'll just <laughs> he'll just swoon so hard. Uh, but other interesting ones, um, I mean, let's talk about the elephant in the room here. Let's talk about Cordero Patterson. Oh man, I mean, oh, you I, know I, what? He's not on this chart. No, he's not on this one. But I do, I do love talking about him. He he got less usage than Mike Davis, but he I, I just love the meme of Cordell Patterson in general. If you don't follow Ian Hartz's on Twitter, he loves to talk about Cordell Patterson. I love Cordell Patterson. He's a top twelve running back right now in in scoring. So nothing else matters. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Names that jump out at me, Miles Gaskin, uh, a little bit more involved in the passing game than I really thought he was going to be. I thought it was going to be much more of a committee. Love to see it. I agree. I thought it was going to be a committee as well. Yeah. Um, um, you know, an interesting one to me on here, and I, we talked about this. You and I talked about this, and this was a bit of a contentious subject in the in in the Discord in general. But we talked about Tyson Williams and James Robinson. I am of the opinion that they are a lot closer than probably most people think. Yeah. For various reasons, and I don't want to totally dive into it. And I know you're more of a James Robinson guy, and I think most people are more of a James Robinson guy, to be fair. I just don't know that I am confident enough with what I've seen from either of them this year to say that there is a right answer in my mind. That's, that's where I come from. I do think it's probably James Robinson, if I had to choose between the two. But they're pretty close. They're both demanding an 11% target share right now. So it is interesting. Um, they're above Joe Mixon right now. And Tyson Williams is evidently the one running back in the Ravens that ever has ever caught passes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, so uh, to, be, and to, be, to clear my position, I am about equal on Tyson Williams and J-Rob. I quite like them both. Okay, that's fair. Uh, um, they have more targets than Antonio Gibson. They have more targets than McKissick. Well, that's another situation that's fun to talk about because Antonio Gibson and McKissick, I, I, I mean, if, if you talk to me at all this summer, and there's hundreds of DMs of me talking about this, I did not think Antonio Gibson was going to take the passing role. I, I, you know, I hate doing this, but I talked about it on Twitter and that caused up a stir, to, you know, people telling me you're wrong, you're stupid, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it's just like, I never thought Antonio Gibson was going to get an elite, you know, true top five RB role. And seemingly everybody else thought it was possible. I didn't. 
And seemingly we saw it. I mean, J.D. McKissick, for the most part, is getting the passing work. They're splitting the passing work, at least. So I... Am I am I a little bit like I told you so a little bit yeah like I that was an unpopular opinion a lot of people told me I'm wrong and I'm gonna kind of victory lap a little bit now it's two weeks in it's two weeks in no I th- I think it's okay if if I mean the writing was on the wall last year it's it's, it, it's almost the exact same thing as what happened last year I, yeah. I don't see why anyone's really all that surprised everyone. I mean, and don't get me wrong, you know that I have a special place in my heart for Memphis running backs. Yeah. Because that's where I am. But, you know, J.D. McKissick is, he's okay. Yeah. Um, there's, and they like the formula that's going on there. Yeah. And you know what? The dynamic between both of them is working out for them somewhat. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think, I don't think it's those two are the problem. Is I guess is what I'm saying. I, I I think I think you're right, and we'll see what happens with the whole QB situation. Of course, um, I do want to mention two more real fast. Yeah, send it. Just kind of a speed round on a few of these that are just slightly interesting. Damian Williams, uh, you know, twelve percent target share. I was I was into Damian Williams. I'm glad to see that. That's yep. kind of exciting. Kenyon Drake getting a twelve percent target share. That's good. Um, If you're a big Najee Harris guy, and I wasn't, but it it should be a little bit okay to see that as a running back, he is getting some uh, work in the passing game, which is good because that line's not going to help him get rushing yards. Is there Um, a dot on here? uh, Not on this one. Um, And then Austin Eckler, after a zero target week, week one, he's obviously back and, you know, seemingly back to that role that we'd expect him to have, which is good. This is the Austin Eckler that if you were into him, this is what you wanted to see. Yeah, Uh, my my problem is the is the Jonathan Taylor targets. Um, Come on, get out of here, man. That's that's for that's for Hines. Come on, man. <laughs> I know he's uh, your guy. <laughs> Hines is my dude. I, I, there's only like a handful of people that I really stand for, and and he's one of them. And yeah, it's been multiple years I've been standing for that dude. So anyway, anyway. let let's let's move over to some tight ends that kind of catch our eye. There's obviously the big one, Darren Waller. Derek Carr is going to get him killed, man. I'm telling you, like that. I that, that is a ridiculous target share. Yeah, I don't think we. I, to be honest with you, I mean that's just that's outlier, quite a bit outlier status. I don't think we really need to spend a whole lot of time on that one. But it's Darren Waller. I mean, you don't really need to say much more. Well, on, on the so. on the interesting thing going on in that whole situation is right now Carr is. You know, I think he's leading the league in air yards attempted right now. And there was a time when we just would make fun of Derek Carr for not like throwing the ball down the field. Yep. This is a very interesting Raiders offense. It's a different Raiders offense. And uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of on for the ride here to see, is this like kind of John Gruden changing? And that's exciting. I mean, Kenyon Drake got targets and five, the past five years, uh, the Raiders have been like dead last in running back targets. So like, this is an interesting development to me. So I actually, I actually know the answer to this question. There's not too many people that know this, so don't try not to tell okay. anybody. It's a it's little a bit of a secret. Okay, it's a secret. So what it is is, if you're aware, back probably ten years ago, 
Derek Carr and Josh Allen uh-huh. had their picture taken together. Oh. Okay. So what happened finally uh-huh. is Derek Carr has decided that he understands the true value and power of be, having your picture taken with Josh Allen. What he uh-huh. does is he actually carries it with him. He has it in his helmet with him the whole time he's in the game, and he channels the power oh of Josh Allen. Oh, my gosh. That is what happens. <laughs> but don't tell anyone I told you. I won't tell anybody. It, otherwise, we might go back to having them be the 32nd in tempted air yards. Yeah. Um, obviously, Kelsey's great. Another interesting one that's really popped out is obviously TJ Hawkinson. He, he, he and Noah Fant are seemingly breaking out a little sooner than I expected. Um, I, I was big. I was really into Hawkinson this year in best ball. I had a ton of shares. Not I didn't have as much in managed redraft, unfortunately, but uh, Noah Fant as well. He He's a very interesting one. I wasn't as much into him because I just didn't think he was going to break out, but he's out here demanding high target shares in the 20% and and somehow Teddy Bridgewater is a, a much better quarterback this year. I mean, you know, the the, the numbers on him are, are ridiculous. I mean, he I think he's leading. He's number two in completion percentage over expected and like number three in EPA for per play. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't he also like number two or three for overall quarterback efficiency? I think he's number one in QBR. <laughs> oh, yeah, wow. I mean it's 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 kind of crazy. Uh, it'll be interesting to see you know how long that stays up, but you, it him. should be it should be exciting to see that Noah Fant and T.J. Hawkinson have broken out a lot sooner because I was definitely in the oh I'll buy them next year or I'll buy them in the off season. I was with with Goff though. I mean I think okay. So the writing on the wall was on the wall a little bit with Goff because you think about the Higby's not that good. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, like I said, it, it was a little more obvious with Hawk, but Fant, I, I'm I'm surprised by. Well, it, and th- there, I think it just illustrates the point that we were lacking QB play and not ability. Yeah, I think it's really what it comes down to. So I'll leave it at that. We'll speed run a few of these real quick, um, so we can get to some quarterback talk here. But some interesting other ones, Jack Doyle, uh, I don't know what's going on there, but 17% target share. Carson Wentz is what's happening there. I don't even know. It's all funky. Uh, A little bit panicky on George Kittle as someone that was pretty into him. A little bit concerning about what's going on there. Maybe that's the whole QB thing. We'll see. Maybe it's Shanahan. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. (laughs) Spooky. Yeah. Uh, David Njoku. Kind of him and Austin Hooper both kind of getting some looks. You like to see it. Rob yep. Gronkowski, obviously, you know, he's just doing it again. He just yep. needed a year off, clearly. Um, yep. And I, another interesting one that's kind of spooky, Zach Ertz is running the same amount of routes as Dallas Goddard. Disgusting. Um, <laughs> I have Mike Ertz is- everywhere, and I got him for free. Like, that's great news to me. Pat Crane was saying all offseason he's like he's like i don't care if Ertz isn't an eagle he's going to be somewhere and he's going to get targets and i'm sitting there and i was like no 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 definitely not and obviously Ertz is running the same amount of routes as dallas goddard so that's pretty I mean, interesting i mean come on he he was literally free like yeah. nobody wanted him and his upside 
he can't break a tackle, but he can catch a touchdown. <laughs> okay, that's what matters. Anyway, moving. Uh, we'll throw out one more just for fun. Max Williams. That's just a funny situation. Uh, seemingly, he's. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's, he is what Ian Thomas couldn't be. So let's talk about some quarterbacks here. We already mentioned Teddy Bridgewater. Seemingly yeah. in like a top five QB conversation the past two weeks. Uh, Seriously, any stat you look at, he's probably top five in it. It's pretty great. Good for good for him. Also up there that I did not expect Baker Mayfield. Well, the completion percentage over expected doesn't surprise me because that offense is just all about like you know it's easy simple stuff, right? Um, and then the EPA, it's a smart offense. And that's just what it is. It's a smart offense. Yeah. So that that one doesn't particularly surprise me. I will say the rookies are concerning, though. What are your thoughts there? I, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I am not that surprised that Trevor Lawrence is having a hard time because that's just it's An a bit of a mess. Situation. It's a bit of a mess. It's it's definitely like a we're still we still have the training wheels on kind of season for them. And you know what? That's okay. The Jets, on the other hand, though, that is just to to note. By the way, Trevor Lawrence is dead last in completion percentage over expected. Well, I think that he had a higher percentage expected in the first place. Well, it's all it's all about where the in the distance of the pass. So it's not everybody has the same expected percentage. It's all about the distance of the pass. So we know that this pass goes this distance and whatnot. And so we have an expected completion percentage. He's not completing those passes that we would expect, basically. Do do you think it has anything to do with the fact that he usually has about two defensive ends (laughs) unblocked on their way right to him? Do you think think that might be the reason why? I think it might be the reason why. It's it certainly is a factor. The line's terrible, of course. I mean, and who knows what's going on with, you know, Urban Meyer and whatnot. Um, yeah. I will say, just quickly popping over, looking at playerprofile.com, uh, we are seeing that, like, yeah, he is he's very high in air yards, um, but for the most part, he's not getting a clean pocket almost ever. Yeah. Um, and he's being pressured a lot. So. Now, nobody watches a Jags game, so you can actually tell that by the film, so you have to look at the stats. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, another one that I, I kind of wanted to mention was Tua Tagovailoa. Um, oh, man. I was, you know, I was so big on him this year. I, I thought it was going to be better. I thought, you know, we were going to be good, and I have I have a lot of concerns. Do we think that this is Tannehill 2.0, though, maybe? Maybe in, in three years he'll go to another team and, and rise from the ashes? I, I You know, like last year there was like a good reason to, to think that like Tua would be better, in my opinion, because the whole offensive coordinator situation, because the offense was designed more around Ryan Fitzpatrick. And now, like, that's why I thought Tua struggled last year. And this year he's just continuing to struggle with a, you know, incredibly poor completion percentage over expected low EPA. There's just not a lot of positives in my mind. So I'm starting what? to get scared. Let's put things in perspective, though, real quick, though. So the last two games that he just played was first against the Patriots and then against the Bills. Okay, it's arguably, tough. arguably 
perhaps secondary one and two, if, yeah. or, or or two and three, I guess, if yeah. we were talking about the Rams, right? Top five either way, in my opinion. Um, you know, as someone who is it is coming into a new style of offense, perhaps like like you said, um, could just be growing pains. Yeah. Okay. I'm not ready to give up on Tua yet. I think mm-hmm. I think he's definitely shown enough um, promise and talent out of out of college that I think once he once it clicks, once it finally clicks, I think he'll be good. I hope. I, I mean, I'm obviously hopeful. Uh, I just popped over to PFF. His grades are quite poor. Um, uh, pretty, pretty poor. That's what I'm going to say. Um, I was hoping maybe there was something redeemable on film that someone could give me hope. And nope, not, not yet. Um, well, my heart tells me that eventually he's going to be okay. But my heart is wrong a lot. So for yeah. what it's worth. Hopefully they end up getting it figured out. Hopefully maybe when Will Fuller comes back, everything is hunky-dory and we're we're all good again, of course. Um, I'd like to know what Justin Fields looks like. I'd really like to know. Yeah, he's he's an interesting one because he hasn't really gotten the opportunity, you know? Like, he sort of got thrown into that game, right? But... He, I think he got like yep. ten passes or something. Like, so I just don't know what to make of that. You know? Yeah, I, I'm still, I'm still high key. Um, Justin Fields is my number one pick out of this class. Super high key on that one. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the, I like it just because it is a little contrarian. You know, I have Justin Fields in a few dynasty leagues. I don't have any Trevor Lawrence. I don't have any Zach Wilson. I, I wish I did, um, but I don't. So, but uh, you know, there's a few names we missed that I wish we would have had more time to talk about. But we are starting to run a little bit out of time. Uh, Rondell Moore, we didn't really discuss him that much. We we mentioned him, but I, I would have loved it. I mean, I could have talked about him forever. But is there is there anyone you wish we could have got? Um, who, who, we forgot who, to talk about who, who forgot to talk about Jacques Patrick. Oh yeah, yeah. This is his guy. You know, you you know, go ahead and talk about Jacques Patrick. This is interesting you, to me. So he was like one of the only decent players on the XFL, and he played for the only team that was worth it. Uh, yeah darn a darn <laughs> in the xfl so and cincinnati so he had he had a decent pre he had like a some impressive moves during the preseason and i even went in there and i'm like should, should i pick this guy up in dynasty like this is interesting is uh-huh. this pj walker but a running back <laughs> right <laughs> like that butterfly meme is this is this is this pj walker but a running back yeah um so yeah, what, I, what's what's your high hope? T- tell me, do you think that he has the ability to lead that backfield in touches? I mean, who knows? He was an undrafted free agent in 2020. He did what the he did the XFL had a great time in the XFL and uh, has been on a practice squad for Cincinnati since. And then um, you know San Francisco went and poached him off the practice squad. It's Shanahan offense. I mean, you're gonna you're you're someone's gonna valuable. Your, so yeah, he he's probably gonna be valuable. No one picked him up in best ball, so good luck to you there. Uh, he probably has some decent value in DFS though. I think in good matchups, he seems to be a pass catcher. 
He could be the 2021 J-Rob, just saying. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm obviously not a sermon believer, and right now he has a concussion anyway, so who knows what's going to go on there. Uh, Elijah Mitchell seemingly is using his opportunity well. Um, my concern for him is just sort of the lack of receiving work, kind of like, eh, you know kind of concerning but jermichael hasty is getting receiving work so i'm kind of happy about that i'm gonna throw one name out that uh we haven't talked about at all in that backfield and that's jeffrey wilson because we've seen him in that lead back role and he's also looked good but he won't be back until november that backfield is just so interesting to me because they just can use anybody and look good it's it's so interesting to watch and honestly, they have the running back by committee, they have the quarterback by committee, and they have you know a handful of, and then a bunch of pass catchers. I mean, well, it's a it, weird running back by committee, right? It's a weird one because when it's almost like hot hand to the extreme, like Elijah Mitchell does good week one, he's getting all the touches week two, right? And then, like, maybe Elijah Mitchell has a bad game. All right, now it's your turn, Trey Sermon. And it's just, like, churning. Like, I think it's a little more predictable of who's going to get the touches week to week. But it, it's kind of just a weird, like, rotation. Like, if I if Elijah Mitchell looks bad this next week, like he did this week, maybe he's not going to get that many touches in Green Bay because they have so many other guys that seemingly can do it. Yeah. Possibly, uh, or or they could all just they could just you know have a, a touchdown carousel where they all get a touchdown. <laughs> you get a right? touchdown. They, you get a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, what's to say that he won't run two hundred twenty-five yards on the ground and get three touchdowns from the running backs? Because, I mean, George Kill's not getting any work, and nope. you know, Debo Samuel is t- until the wheels fall off. Well, and I, I, one I interesting thing, a stat that scared the heck out of me about George Kill. George Kittle's never had more than five touchdowns in a season. Yeah, but he's just like the most likable guy <laughs> in the NFL. It's like you, you're drafting him based off of his personality and his like toughness. I mean, you're not I, in my, in my points, points per swagger league, he is off the charts. Yeah, <laughs> one oh one in that one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you saw DeAndre Swift was in a visor, right? He's a sweet visor. I know. That, that's got to account for some points there. That's going on the spreadsheet, how good they look in the visor. But you're right. We, we should we should, we should should end this thing. Um, All right. Hold on. I got it. Boots, where can we find you at? Uh, at Boots Fantasy, Boots with a Z on Twitter uh, for my terrible takes there. And you can find me at Dr. Trash Dad. That's D-R Trash Dad on Twitter or my website, trash.farm. And... We have, oh yeah, we have the feed. We have the feed. The feed is live. Yes, you might be listening to this on Spotify. I was giddy uh, with excitement when I first opened it on Spotify. <laughs> Spotify, iTunes, and Google. Finally, thank you, Chris. Yeah, thanks, thanks to Chris and, and you. You you did some work there as well, of course. So, um, but thank you for listening. If you're here, yeah. Until next time.